0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Now listen, stop what you're doing and listen real hard. The sky is not falling. Yes, it was a little bit of a hiccup, but we're going to talk about the corner situation and what it means. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, we'll get started. I, w- I want to let you guys know Chris is out this week. Seth's out today. Uh, we'll be back next week. We have some great guests coming for you. Uh, faces and names that you're going to recognize and miss uh, will be returning with us. And a couple of new ones, too. So I've got some great guests lined up. We're going to introduce to you next week uh, one of our writers, uh, our film analysis guy. It's working for LockedOnChiefs.com, Greg and Cresswell. Seth will be back. Matt Derrick will be back. We're going to have Brett Coleman on to talk about film and Mahomes and all kinds of things. Eric Eager's coming back. We have a great lineup. So as the second week of camp gets rolling, make sure you're tuned in. Spread the word, and let's get everybody on the same page. Now, I understand if everybody needs to take a minute and just kind of regroup after the Bashad Breeland mess, uh, Seth and I tried to keep it mellow and not talk about him as if he was on the team because it turns out he wasn't. Uh, and, and, yeah, there's rumor that it may not be a done deal. If if I'm his agent, I'm trying to shop for who's going to give me the best offer. Who do I think uh, is willing to negotiate the most? And that probably includes a touching base with all the teams that might have interest, and that includes uh, the, the Colts and the Browns, uh, two old friends of Kansas City, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. It may not be over. But, long story short, what we hinted at yesterday is what it means for the rest of the team, and that's what we got to talk about now because the Chiefs hit the field full practice on Thursday, and we find that uh, Amerson is playing over on the left side, back where Marcus used to play, and that uh, you have... Nelson on the right and Fuller in the slot, like we pretty much thought it was going to go. And like we were saying when we were talking about Breland and what he might bring was a guy who could maybe go over and play by his lonesome on the left side and and be somebody that would compete with Dave Amerson. Um, uh, uh, both guys, again, can play some man, but really are have way more experience playing in zone. Um, and I think Amberson's much better in zone uh, unless the, he's gotten with Al Harris and really made a turn this off offseason. Um, we heard him speak early on about how much they want to play press. I don't necessarily believe that, but hopefully it's more than they have lately. The important thing is to play man. Man coverage is important for a team like this if you want to be aggressive and you want to bring pressure, especially if you have question marks at who the, the rusher is outside of Justin Houston. So we'll get to that next week, but... I think what's important is the guys that are here are definitely some question marks. And the fact that the team went out and brought in Breland and wanted to have a conversation and attempted to get him signed, you know, that's that's both fortune and strategy. And it's rare to have a former starter, a guy with a lot of experience out on the market at this point in the season as camp is opening. That's, that's really rare. And so taking a look at him made a lot of sense. Um, yes, his is a unique situation in that he had a really good contract on the table and it fell through because of a uh, medical issue, a non-football medical issue that seems to have cleared up. And so I can understand why Breland's looking to get back to where that offer was. The team's looking to say, hey, if I can get somebody on a, on a one-time contract to bolster our cornerback depth, uh, maybe compete for a starting role, uh, and in my opinion, would it wouldn't be a competition. He would be the starter over Amerson, as far as I can tell. But, um, you know, that that's worth taking a look. Now, the, the rumor is that they offered him a one-year contract and that that's not what he's looking for. He's looking for that three-year kind of stint like uh, what he had on the table before. And okay. But what it also means is that the Chiefs – recognize that they're not fully built out at corner and yes Steven Nelson I think is is capable. Um, I know he had a rough go in Dallas and that seems to be the game that everybody remembers Cole Beasley kind of ran away from him quite a bit but it was he was freshly back from his injury I think uh, another you know six months removed I think he's in much better shape he's playing on a contract year and I think that's a lot of motivation and I think he's spoken about that. I think he's very cognizant of it, and I think that's going to be a really positive indication of what we're going to get from Steven Nelson. So I'm fairly comfortable with him. The transition for David Amerson is the problem and and the question mark at this point. And like I said, I can't count anybody out. Even a guy who's been in the league for five years, you can still make improvements, especially if you switch schemes and you have a coach that can get it through to you. Muscle memory is a tough thing to overcome, but it can be done. And luckily, you have you have the the wizened Hall of Famer in Emma Thomas, but you also have Al Harris. And I think Al Harris goes really, really underrated in terms of just what a quality defensive backs coach he is. Uh, he brought a lot of fire and a lot of legitimacy to his career as a player, and I think he'll do nothing less as a coach. And we're starting to see it turn. Um, I think he was saddled with some projects like. Like Mitchell, um, like some others, um, I don't know that he can do with you know guys uh, that are fighting that talent curve so much. But with a guy like Breeland and a guy like Amerson, there is possibility there. And I think... Honing that is up to a young coach like that that has the fire, that has the intensity, and I think Al Harris is a great one to do that. So I won't put anything past Amerson making an improvement. And, you know, he, he can play some passable defense um, just as best in zone. And, and we've we've talked about that a couple of times over this offseason, and, and absolutely nothing's changed. So until we see it, we'll find out. Um, and what that means is that they're still looking and if there's an opportunity for a trade, maybe that happens. Um, but you have to understand that, that they clearly see the position as one that they can upgrade. And that puts this defense in a bit of a disadvantage because if they're aware of it and they're actively trying to go out and look at upgrading it, then that means that it's seen as a weakness within the facility, and that's something to be concerned about. Couple that with the fact that you have Justin Houston. D. Ford started to practice, ran with the one, so maybe he is fully healthy and if so, and particularly if, if they can let him rush from the left side and let Justin rush from the right more, I'd like to see Justin get a 50-50 split on where he lines up. I think you have the makings of a solid tandem. Now, if Ford if we're, were to get hurt or if he, he isn't able to produce, you know, you have the young guys. It looks like they're getting Breland-Speak some early snaps with the ones as well, and that's that's great. The rotation is going to be best for D Ford as well as the young guys, so that no one person has to shoulder all of the responsibility to be the other half of a duo with Justin. So I think that's encouraging, and they have to have that in order to protect this secondary. Um, they also have to have competent safety play, because what you have to have with guys that can get run away from, because Amerson can be run away from, he's got good speed but not great, uh, and guys that are not necessarily man covers, you have to have safety play. Uh, Dan Sorensen started with the ones uh, at the first practice, quickly replaced by Eric Murray. Those two are going to be the battle, especially with Watts on the sideline. When he gets back, I think that story's going to change. And I think all of these stories are going to change. You're going to see a lot of rotation at, at a lot of the defensive positions until they get that stuff right. But remember that with Nelson being not, not the rangy player uh, and Amerson not being a rangy player, being more of a zone guy, Fuller was still more of a zone guy. Nelson can press. The other guys are used to having a safety over the top of them. And I think that's going to be important. We might see more zone. We're going to see how that goes through practice, and we'll have reports from folks that are on the ground when we're not. Um, and if you didn't hear it, um, I have some videos on RGR football talking about what's going to go on. Make sure you jump over there and check that out. Uh, the latest one is is great. It's appearance I did uh, with Denver Radio, and we had a good time talking about just where the Broncos and the Chargers are at. So check that out. But – it's also going to be what the process is in this next three weeks and just how much it can change. So I think what we have to do is, is stay positive and stay concentrated on that. If, If something turns around and, um, Rashad Breland ends up in Kansas city, we'll deal with that then. But in the meantime, you have to hope that you're getting the safety play that you want in order to protect the guys that are used to playing in zones and, can you know try to make that adjustment to playing more man. Uh, and so look at that. If you're out at camp, make sure you're watching those DBs when they're in um, the teams in the sevens so that you see the techniques that they're using. Watch their feet. Uh, we'll have reports for you, like I said, when we're there. And our team is staggering. Seth will be there one weekend. Chris will be there next weekend. I'll be there the last weekend at camp. Um, so make sure you're uh, letting us know where you're at, and we'll try to hook up if you all want to. Uh, and we will have our view at that point. So beyond that, let's take a quick second. I'll come back and we'll do some of your voicemails. Well, I've been promising you for a while that we do a mailbag uh, based on your voicemails. And if you don't have that number, it's 913-777-4457. Drop us an email. I'm sorry, a voicemail. Drop us a voicemail there. you got to go through a prompt or two. Uh, it's just a voicemail line. There's nobody there to actually pick it up. So, uh, But if you get through that, leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think. Ask your question, and we'll try to get back to it. We do these once a month or so. Uh, if we get more volume of voicemails, we'll try to do more. Um, really good depth of questions here. Um, a number of, of folks uh, left voicemails on the same topic, so I just kind of uh, – Skinnied it down so that we have a few questions. Uh, some of them overlap. So don't be offended if yours didn't actually make it to the show. It all depended on whose quality of audio was the best. So uh, without further ado, I think we'll get started. This is Kyle from Vegas.
1: Hey guys, it's Kyle out in Las Vegas. I've talked to you guys on Facebook a few times pretty regularly. Just wanted to ask if there is anybody out there, free agency, or whether Brett Reed should be willing to trade for that you guys would like to see at a veteran minimum or what have you not. I just Is there anybody that you think that could make a veteran presence on this team, whether it's on the offense or the defense? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Later.
0: Well, I appreciate the question, Kyle, and – you know, after the the week that we've seen, I I think the the saga with Breshad Breeland really really highlights it. Um, I'm gonna do another video on defense and what this means and, and where they really are. Yes, it's it's kind of a lot of question marks. Um, unfortunately, you know, there's not a whole lot of high end or even <laughs> middle tier uh, corners out there. So. Breland was really the guy that you wanted to look for. Uh, he can play some man, uh, much of a zone guy. Um... You have DRC, but I I really don't think he has much left, so that's a question mark. There's Hankins out there along the defensive line, um, and maybe that's a possibility, but I I think the Chiefs are pretty happy with what they have, and given that they brought in Williams and they they drafted Naughty uh, on top of Jones and Bailey, I I think they're pretty happy with their group. Um, And Sleeper, by the way, I think D-Liner might have an outside chance at making this roster, so keep an eye on him. Um, So really, I think... There's not any guards out there that at this point in the season are worth bringing in. I really don't think that's something that the team wants to do. They're looking to develop, I, I believe. And so that really knocks it down to if there are any more DBs. And with Trey Boston just signing in Arizona, I think he was a guy that, that played the free safety that could have really fit and helped this team. For some reason, they didn't do it. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro's out there. I don't think anybody's has got touch Reed for a while. So that's the only other one. In terms of trades, I don't know of anybody that's hot on the trade block right now that might be somebody they feel they should go out and go after. Um, but I will say this. Brett Veach has his eye out there for people um we're coming up on the year anniversary of when he traded for uh cam irving we're coming up on nearly the year anniversary when he traded for reggie raglan so uh, there may be guys i can't think of anybody right off the top of my head and uh as i'm flying solo tonight we will ask uh chris and, and seth when they're back But uh, I think the trade is a lot longer shot. Do they pick somebody up? Can they still make this thing work with Breland? Maybe. Um, So we'll just play it by ear and see what happens. I think now we'll move on. We have a question uh, from an old friend that uh, has left us a number of voicemails. Hey, guys. It's
1: uh, Nathan, California. So here I am scrolling through my Twitter timeline, and I keep seeing Colin Cowherd talking about the top 10 offenses this year and talking about the top 5 young quarterbacks neither of the lists have the Chiefs or Mahomes anywhere close and we all know who we, we all know that Mahomes is young here and the fact that he's not even considered talented and he has a guy like Sam Donner above him and not to mention the fact that we have the NFL leading rusher one of the fastest guys in America at wide receiver, Travis Kelsey, the best 10 in the NFL, a pretty to average or above average offensive line, and we're not even considered the top 10 offense. When he has guys like New England up there, cool, they have Tom Brady and the tight end that can't stay healthy for 10 games a year. But they don't have a wide receiver to throw to. Or the Cowboys, who don't even have – I think maybe three capable wide receivers on the entire roster, anyway, I won't talk bad, but what are your thoughts on Colin Cowherd and his anti I hate chiefs et cetera, et cetera takes? please let me
0: know well, I'm glad you didn't want to talk bad, but <laughs> I think you sound agitated and frustrated with Colin Coward, and I don't blame you. I don't think Coward spent anywhere near enough time uh considering. Kansas City uh you know it's it's a midwestern market he's a you know coasty kind of guy uh Chris got into a large debate about this go back and check his timeline I'm not going to get too deep into it but I will tell you this uh you're absolutely right if there's a rookie on this list especially one who's you know late to camp and his, whose tools and targets are questionable and you're going to consider Darnold then you're just kidding yourself if you're not putting Mahomes in that list. Um, now, the hype train's out of control, and, and I'm certainly not going to say that it isn't. But, uh, you know, I've never been one to, to listen to a column in the first place, and I don't think this gives me any reason to start now. So let's move on to Brian's question. He's got one worth thinking about.
1: Hey, guys, it's Brian Roberts from uh, Minnesota, way up north here, even more farther north than uh, Seth Kaiser. Um, well, I, I listen to your podcast and I'm hearing all the pluses and negatives from all the teams drafts. I appreciate it guys. And, um, you know, I only have one question for you. Um, what do you think about us drafting the Chiefs or the Raiders GM son and switching him over to guard? Do you think that's more of a two year project or is this something that he could probably compete at? right away in training camp. Have a great day, and I look forward to listening to your podcast in the future.
0: Well, thanks, Brian. You got an interesting topic there. And, yes, he is the son of Reggie McKenzie out in Oakland, the GM there. And, uh, you know, you can draw a lot of conclusions from what that means in terms of intelligence in. You know being a spy or whatever like that i don 't think that 's anything to do with it um, in particular, I think his family 's reaction was pretty pretty hilarious on draft day, so uh, I think he 's going to come in pretty fired up and it 's going to be business for both of them but um, it is a good question, and i 've gotten this a lot more than I expected to for a guy that was you know taken so low down where he was. Um, But he is a mammoth man, especially in his lower body. Um, And was, you know, a passable defensive tackle. But clearly, the Chiefs worked him out. A number of other teams worked him out on his pro day. uh, And liked what they saw at offensive guard. And there's a connection there. His dad's an offensive lineman. And I would assume that he played the line both ways in high school going forward. Um, So making that transition is kind of like riding an old bike. I think for... Any other position change uh, for a normal rookie that that might be a daunting task, um, but I think uh, Khalil's got a, an inside edge that he's done this before, uh, and he looks very comfortable. A lot of folks feel that he can develop rather quickly, so I I think he's probably best served as a practice squad guy. I think he is probably a two year project, but with the caveat that the Chiefs are kind of thin. At their interior line right now, uh, as they practiced uh, for the first time as a team, Mitch Morse is out there sharing reps with with Cam Irving, who I think is going to be the backup uh, along the interior. And you have Witzman who can play tackle or guard and you have anger and they're fighting for that spot, which is, you know, arguably somewhere where McKenzie might end up. Um, and if they feel that he's going to come along, you know, especially in, in the first quarter of the season, if they think that he can be a guy that could come in and take snaps. There's no reason to let him go. Uh, I think the days are numbered for Jordan Devy on this roster uh, and McKenzie might reap the benefits from that. Uh, so I won't count him out, and if that is the case, I can see him making the leap a lot faster than the average guy that you're saying is moving across the ball as a rookie in the NFL, so just keep that in mind, and let's take a quick second. We'll come right back with another one of your questions. Now, we got this next one from an anonymous listener that didn't leave his name. Remember, when you call in, you got to go through a prompt or two, but when you ask your question, make sure you let us know who you are and where you're calling from, uh, and we'll make sure to get you on, so... Uh, why don't we get there looking down to the future a little bit? But why don't we go ahead and listen? What are the Chiefs going to do to prepare for the altitude in Mexico City? I think the Patriots spent the week beforehand practicing in Colorado Springs to get used to the altitude. What do you think the Chiefs are going to do? That's a real interesting question. And, you know, uh, I double-checked, and it is the 19th of November, the week before Thanksgiving, and the Chiefs are going to come off of a game. They're going It's a Monday night game, so they have eight days. And there are a couple of places uh, in the United States that you can go to replicate that altitude. And one of them is um, Colorado, uh, also in the New Mexico area, and parts of Wyoming. Um, you can get up there, and there's some fields that you could use you know New Mexico and Wyoming are pretty much uh not any place that has a big enough facility that I think you're you're comfortable using um so I I did some checking the Colorado Buffs uh have home games back to back on the the week pre and post so I think uh trying to use the Colorado uh, facilities uh in Boulder are out of the question but the Air Force Academy uh, while they do play on the 10th, the day before the, the Chiefs um, game preceding New uh, Mexico City, there's a there's a to-be-determined on the Air Force's schedule. So my guess is uh, they are going to travel and practice at Wyoming. Uh, that's their game that week. Uh, and I'm guessing that the Chiefs are probably going to use the Air Force Academy's uh, facilities to practice that. It's good altitude. It's a beautiful facility if you haven't been down there uh or seen a game on television, it's it's great to see. Uh, the Air Force Academy itself is actually really, really gorgeous. So um, it, it gives them a chance to replicate the altitude for a week, um, good practice fields, good visibility, dry air like they'll have in, in Mexico City. Uh, and I think it, it's going to help them get acclimated pretty quickly. Um, really, you need three or four days for your blood hemoglobin to start reacting so you can get some of that air. Uh, that's thin into your lungs and, and not be quite so winded. It's a tough game to play in Mexico City. Not not even talk about the pollution, but uh, just the altitude itself. So uh, look forward to that. And and that's my guess. I have no insider knowledge, but I expect them to be probably in the springs, just like you mentioned, and probably at the Air Force Academy's facilities. And, you know, not all of our voicemails are questions. So uh, here's one that's just kind of, uh, you know, hey, welcome to the team kind of thing.
1: It's uh, Nathan out in California. I just got a call and uh, give a shout out to Seth finally bucking up and joining officially. You know, it's, uh, it's a big deal. He's a, he's a cool cat, as they say. And, uh.
0: Well. <laughs> And, you know, we're really glad to have him. It's, it's interesting having the three of us on here a lot more often. Uh, it really helps the conversation. You know, it, hopefully Seth and I will find more things to disagree about. I don't know. We'll, we'll get to it. But, you know, Nathan left a couple of nice messages. I don't know if he was having trouble with his phone or whatever. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us today. And I'm going to leave you with a little bit more from Nate. And I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll be back. More news. We have great shows coming up. We have great shows, great guests. We're going to have Matt Derrick. Seth will be back. Chris is out this week. But I'm going to have Brett Coleman. We're going to have Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. We're going to have great guests that are going to give you more aspects of this team. And we'll try to fill in as much as we can next week. Got a couple more irons in the fire. Maybe we'll hear some from old friends. Uh, but keep it tuned here. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll talk to you next time. And I will leave you with a couple more uh, thoughts from Nate. Hey,
1: it's Nate in California. Here I am listening to y'all talk about pumping the brakes on Patrick Mahomes. Nah, the hype train is out. The hype train is already moving. We are past pumping the brakes. I'm going to enjoy the hype train while it's moving. You know, hop on for the ride and see where it takes us.
0: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.